All right, Shabbos, say good morning. Let us begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Shir, to thank, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Shvat, the Elbaum Mishbacher, for dedicating all the Shirim and Drashos in memory of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov Kapol ben Avram Menachem, to thank Bracha Strimber for dedicating all the Shirim and Drashos this month in memory of her husband, Avi Strimber, Avram ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi, to thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Motion and Ellen Givant for dedicating the week of learning in the merit of and Ellen's mother, Nechama Bas Shalom Yitzchak. To thank Larry Sufness for his dedication of our week of learning in memory of his beloved wife, Tanya Yona Bas Yaakov. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Mr. and Mrs. Milt Martyr in memory of Mr. Martyr's mother, Hinda Bas Aaron Yosef, and Brachen Baruch Rifkin for dedicating the share this morning for the yard site of Bracha's father, Yisrael Aaron. Ben Moshe HaKohen Zichron Levrach. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. And I will say with that, let us begin. So Mazel Tov, brand new Perek today. Very exciting new Perek, exciting new Gemara. And we are picking up. Today's Daf is Samich Vav 66. We are picking up in Mirza Hashem on 65b at the Mishnah. So these are the things. Again, still focusing on carbon Pesach, which is actually quite exciting because we'll see some really fascinating halacha and an incredible, incredible Gibara today. These are the aspects of sacrificial service on Pesach which ultimately are Docha Shabbos. So we'll say so again, as we're going to see certain aspects of Karben Pesach are Docha Shabbos, set aside the laws of Shabbos, certain things do not. So these are the things that set aside the halachas of Shabbos. Shechitasos, Rikas Domo, so the shechting of the Pesach, of course, which can be done on Shabbos. Zrikas Domo, the sprinkling of the blood of the Pesach. Michui Kravov. So we'll say Michui Kravov means literally we're going to see the squeezing out of the intestines. So when the animal is slaughtered, there's often some waste that is still lodged in the intestines. They would squeeze that out of the intestines on, even on Shabbos. Vaktaras Chalavov, the offering of the fats. So we'll say these are all the sacrificial components or all the sacrificial rites which can be done even on Shabbos. However, about Sliyoso, but the roasting of the current Pesach, Hadachas Kravav, the washing off of the innards of the Pesach, Ena Dochen Es HaShabbos. Ultimately, again, these things cannot be done on Shabbos. We'll see the distinction why certain things are permitted, why certain things are not permitted. Harkavaso. So we'll say, what about actually bringing the animal? Or we'll say, remember, you have to get the carbon Pesach to the Beis HaMikdash. So that, of course, if, if Erev Pesach is on Shabbos, so transporting the animal could go ahead and involve certain malacha. Let's say the animal can't walk. Carrying the animal, carrying the animal, or even for that matter, in certain respects, leading the animal could go ahead and create certain what we'll call hotza, transference issues. So so let's say, for example, bringing the animal from outside of the tchum, back to our, back, back to our Erevin days. Or the cutting off of a wart. Let's say the animal has some type of growth, which when the growth is there, you can't offer the carbon. But all you need to do is just cut off the, cut, cut off the growth. These, these actions are not Docha Shabbos. You cannot perform them on Shabbos itself. Rabbi Eliezer Omer Dochin. Rabbi Eliezer says, no, even these actions are Docha Shabbos. So we'll say, it's actually pretty amazing. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, you could even go ahead and bring an animal from outside the Trum. So let's say again, you're outside of the Trum on Shabbos, Erev Pesach. 
Rabbi Eliezer says you could bring the animal from outside the tchum. So I'm Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says I'll tell you why. Valo dinhu. It's a kavachomer. What's the kavachomer? Umaim shchita shemishum alacha doches hashabbos. Rabbi Eliezer says, very simple. If Shechit Rabbi say, which is, If Shechit is Doche Shabbos, then let's say, for example, we'll say, remember, we paskin that Tchumen are Dirabanon. Right? Actually, I should say it's a Machlokas. Right? Rabbi Eliezer says, certain things, which certain actions that you're prohibiting are only Dirabanons. If the Oraisas are permitted, if you could violate biblical law for the sake of Quran Pesach, like shechting an animal, shechting an animal will say is a malacha. It's one of the 39 malachas. So if you could go ahead and shecht an animal on Shabbos, then what? You're certainly permitted to go ahead and transgress rabbinic law for the sake of Quran Pesach as well. Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Yoshua says, no, Rabbi Yoshua, you're wrong. Yom Tov Yochiach. I'll tell you why your logic is wrong. Look at Yom Tov. Look, Yishetirabah Mishum Malacha. Rabbi Yoshua, I will say, for example, Yom Tov, you could do Malacha. Ochal Nefesh. But yet, Isurim Dirabanon, right? Or, or, or I should say, Dine Dirabanon are still going to be Aser. So you see, it's not an all or nothing. Just because something is, some, just because you're permitted to perform certain Doraisas, does not automatically give you a license to go out and dispense with rabbinic law. So therefore, again, even if you want to say that on Erev Pesach, which falls on Shabbos, you're permitted to do certain daraisas, that does not give you a license to transgress all the rabbinons. I'm going to be Rabbi Lezer, says back to Yoshua, Mazi Yoshua, Yoshua, come on, what kind of, what kind of argument is that? Ma raya rishos lemitzvah. You can't, again, I'm not suggesting, says Rabbi Eliezer, that all rabbinic law is simply thrown out the window. I'm just suggesting that whatever you have to do for the sake of the mitzvah of Karban Pesach should be permitted. And the same way that you're allowed to go ahead and do certain Yisurim Da'oraisa for the sake of the mitzvah of Karban Pesach, you should be able to go ahead and violate, transgress certain Yisurim Da'orabanon for the sake of Pesach as well. Heshav Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva jumped into this. Va'amar, he said, the sprinkling of the blood will go ahead and prove this point. Remember, this is very, no, sorry, not the sprinkling of the blood. This is talking about the sprinkling of, for the, for the Tame Mace. Let's say, if we take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, his three lines are from the bottom. Rashi says, She'im lo yaza lo yaase pischos. What's a very interesting case? You have a guy who becomes tummy mace, right? He goes to a levai. He comes in contact with a corpse. So what's taloch if you contract tumas mace? What's taloch? We take the waters of the para aduma and ultimately they sprinkle it upon the individual on day number three and day number seven. But say, let's say for argument's sake, day number seven falls out on erev Shabbos, which is erev. I'm oh, sorry, on Shabbos, which is erev Pesach. So day number seven of the sec- so second sprinkling of the waters of the Paraduma fall out on Erev Pesach, which is Shabbos. So I will say, so, so look, look, finish Rashi. Rashi says, and the problem will be, of course, is if you don't go ahead and sprinkle the Paraduma water on the guy on day number seven, he will not be able to partake of the Karba Pesach that evening. That evening. Fafidu hachi, Rashi says, in a doha, the hachi shabna rabia kiva de lo dachio. Vazosh vusu, the maimbalachi, the maimbalachi, ella mischazi kimetakin gavra. So both say, we're going to see Rabbi Akiva holds that you cannot, day, you cannot do the seventh day sprinkling on Shabbos. Now both say, what's wrong with doing the seventh day sprinkling on Shabbos? It is Asr Medirabanon. Why is it Asr Medirabanon? 
because it has the appearance of fixing, right? What Rashi calls metakin gavra, like tikkun mona, right? It has the appearance of fixing an item. Now, what are you fixing over here in this particular case? So what are you fixing? What are you fixing? A person, right? You're taking a person who is in a state of tumah and you are quote unquote fixing their status by transferring them out of a state of tumah into a state of tara. So Rabbi Akiva says, Hazah, sprinkling is a great example because it's a mitzvah, right? It's a mitzvah to sprinkle the paraduma waters onto the individual on day number seven. But yet it's also asr midrabanan. It's also asr midrabanan. And I will say, not only that, the Rabbi Akiva says, Ve'inodoches hashabbos. And it's not toch hashabbos. So you see Rabbi Akiva, this is Rabbi Akiva arguing on Rabbi Eliezer. You see that things which are Asr and Rabbanon, even if they're a mitzvah, don't automatically set aside Shabbos. If Rabbi Akiva says, Rabbi Eliezer, you see that when it comes, even when it comes to Karan Pesach, you might have certain things which ultimately, again, are part of the mitzvah of Pesach, but they are not necessarily Doha Shabbos. We'll see the formula in just a moment. Amar Rebeleazar. So Rebeleazar says, we'll say, by the way, if you notice, this is a very unique Mishnah, right? Why is it such a unique Mishnah? It's rare to find such a back and forth conversation in Mishnah. Mishnahs are not usually like this, right? Mishnahs are usually statements, statements. But again, here, this is actually quite riveting because you have a Mishnah that is actually, this, this what's happening over here usually happens within the framework of the Gemara. That's what a Gemara is. So it's just very interesting. Amar Rebeleazar, so Rebeleazar says, no, this is so Rabbi Eliezer says, I'm going to give you my argument. So again, Rabbi Eliezer says, Rabbi Akiva, I disagree with what you're saying. I mean, Rabbi Akiva said you can't do the seventh day sprinkling on Shabbos because it is Asr Medirabanon. Even though it's a mitzvah, it's Asr Medirabanon. What's the Isr Dirabanon? Tikkun Gavra. You're fixing an individual. Rabbi Eliezer says, Rabbi Akiva, I wholeheartedly disagree with you. If shita, which is a malacha, is docha shabbos, you can shech the carbon pesach on shabbos. So says, Akiva, you're wrong. You can do the sprinkling on shabbos. Because ultimately, again, if shita, which is a malacha da'oraisa, can be done on Shabbos, then what? Certainly Hazah, certainly sprinkling, which is only in Isid Rabbanon, could be done for the sake of a mitzvah on Shabbos, tap of Samech Vav, Amar Lo Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva responds, O Chilof, or I can say just the opposite, Uma Im Hazah Shimishum Shavos Inodoch HaShabbos, Shechita Shehimishum Olacha Inodin Shlotitch HaShabbos. Rabbi Akiva says back to Rabbi well, I don't know the argument, maybe it's just the opposite. Maybe I'll say like this, if Hazah sprinkling, which is only Asr Medrabanon, is not Docha Shabbos, then maybe Shechita shouldn't be Docha Shabbos either. Right? Rabbi Kiva flips on his head. Let's work backwards. So the Gemara says, Mishnah says, Abu Rabbi Eliezer, Akiva, Akarta Masha Kasav Batora. So Rabbi Eliezer says, you know, it's also interesting how they refer to each other. Right? So Rabbi Eliezer says, Akiva, come on. Come on, cut it out. Now you know that you've effectively uprooted a Pasuk in the Torah. Because what does the Pasuk say? B'mo'ado. Both say the Pasuk says, The Pesach is, was given in its appointed time. And what do we learn from its, its appointed time? Ben b'chol, ben b'shabes. So b'mo'ado, both say, teaches me that carbon Pesach is always offered on the 14th of Nisan. Whether the 14th of Nisan falls out on the weekday, or whether the 14th of Nisan falls out on Shabbos, 
it is always offered in its appointed time. Aralo, Rebbe, Hava li moed li elu, kimoed li shrita. Say, Setim Rebbe, or say, Vilgerashi, Hava li moed le elu, Shehezman kavua lahem, Kimasha kavua le shrita, Hilchach kimudolo kavia le zimna, Umatsilame abed luhume esmol, lo dahu has, so I'll say, Rabbi Akiva says back to, says back to realize, you're right, you're right. But ultimately, again, it's only shrita, which has a set time, right? Remember again, Bemoado, Dafku refers to shrita. Who's to say that it refers to all of these other carbon Pesach related activities? We'll say to which finally yields Rabbi Akiva's rule. Rabbi Akiva's rule is Klal Am Rabbi Akiva. Here it is. Kol Malacha Sha'afsha La Sosa Me'erev Shabbos, Eina Docha Es HaShabbos. Shrita Sha'afsha La Sosa Me'erev Shabbos, Docha Es HaShabbos. We'll say to which Rabbi Akiva says like this. Here's the rule. Here's the rule. Anything which cannot be done before Shabbos, halacha lemaisa, may be done on Shabbos. But anything, anything which halacha lemaisa can be done before Shabbos, must be done before Shabbos. So I will say, so therefore Rabbi Akiva will say like this, you see, Rabbi Eliezer was looking at this whole thing as an all or nothing. All or nothing. Either everything carbon Pesach related is mutter on Shabbos or, or it's Asr on Shabbos. So therefore, one shechit is going to be mutter, then of course, all the Yisrael Dirabon are going to be mutter. So they keep going back and forth. Rabbi Akiva essentially says, no, I'll agree with you, but Moado teaches me carbon Pesach is done on Shabbos. Rabbi said, logically, we'll see Rabbi Akiva gets this, but logically, Rabbi Akiva says, there should only be a dispensation for activities which can only be done on Shabbos. But anything which can be done before Shabbos you only have a license to do before Shabbos and have no right to do on Shabbos. So again, we'll discuss Hazar. We'll say the sprinkling is going to be something a little bit different because remember, sprinkling, sprinkling, right, for the carbon for the, for the Paraduma waters is not an activity uniquely related to carbon Pesach. Now the truth is, if you're Tame, it's a necessary step in order to partake of carbon Pesach, but it's not part of the service of the carbon Pesach per se. So I will say, this is the rule of Rabbi Akiva, that on Shabbos, you could do anything related to the carbon Pesach, which could only have been done on Shabbos. But that, so Shechita, for example, right? All the, so the, the, the first items in the Mishnah, the Shechita, the sprinkling of the blood, the squeezing out of the intestines, the offering up of the fats, those are things which cannot have been done before Shabbos. Therefore, Allah Chalamai, you're allowed to do them on Shabbos. But anything that could have been done before Shabbos, we'll say, for example, what? For example, what? Bringing the animal into the tron, right? Carrying the animal to the base of Mikdash, cutting off the wart, things which could have been done before Shabbos, there is no light, bless you, there is no license to do them on Shabbos itself. We'll say, here we go. Turn around, we'll say, I meant to put this out in the chat. An incredible, incredible, overwhelming Gemara today. Overwhelming Gemara. Turn around, but then I realized I shouldn't put it on the chat. Because the truth is, I'd be putting out the same message every single day. Mm-hmm. It's always overwhelming, riveting Gemara. Turn around, but listen to this story. An incredible story. Halacha zunis al We'll say, this halacha, this halacha, that meaning the halacha regarding what you're allowed to do, or, or the fact that Pesach is Docha Shabbos, that Pesach sets aside the laws of Shabbos, this halacha was forgotten by B'nai B'ser. Now, we'll say, now the Marsha points out over here, the Marsha points out that B'nai B'serah, B'nai B'serah refers ultimately again, 
sorry, I meant to have it marked off. That Bnei Beseira, the Marsha says, Gimel Hayu Bnei Beseira, Vem Kulan Tamidi Chachamim, Niskru Be'edius, Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Huda. So we'll say this, Rabbi, Shim, Rabbi Yoshua Ben Beseira, Rabbi Shimon Ben Beseira, and Rabbi Huda Ben Beseira. I will say, so all of these individuals were Nisim, were leaders of the Jewish people at different points in time. Now, within the same time frame, the last one means Bnei Beseira. So, Lav Dafka, they weren't all three Nisim at the same time. But what I'm saying is, there was once, it once happened that Pesach was listening to this story. Erev Pesach fell out on Shabbos. Erev Pesach fell out on Shabbos. So people wanted to know, so what do we do regarding the offering of the Karban Pesach? And Bnei Beseira, the Nesim, right, past, present, right, all the, the, the three of the Nesim forgot what the halacha was. They forgot. So what happened? Shachu in Pesach, Dochas HaShabbos, in love. They mamish forgot. Can you imagine this? The Mamash forgot is Pesach Docha Shabbos or not? Amru, they said, Is there anyone, is there anyone here who could tell us the halacha if Pesach is Docha Shabbos, if Pesach sets aside Shabbos or not? Amru Lahem, Amru Lahem, they were told, Adam Echad Yesh Sha'alami Bavel. There was an individual, there is an individual who came from Bavel. The Hillel Habavli Shmo. And his name was Hillel Hillel the Babylonian. I also remember, again, we know the story of Hillel. We've spoken about it before. Hillel came. Hillel did not come from a rabbinic family. right? Hillel came from a family of merchants, successful merchants. And Hillel decided that he wanted to go to... Hillel came from Babel. He wanted to come to Eretz Yisrael to learn Torah. So pretty much his father said, his father said, if you leave, you're out of the family business and you have no money. I'm not giving you anything. So he asked his brother, will you help me out? Brother said, if you leave, you're out. You're done. Hillel comes to Eretz Yisrael, a pauper. A pauper. I will say that's the story. That's why, remember again, he couldn't afford the coin to get into the basement of Shemayin of Talion. That's why, again, he learned by the skylight. And he almost, he almost froze to death by the skylight. He was penniless. He was penniless. See, he was known as Hillel Abavli, Hillel the Babylonian. So he said this, this guy, Hillel Abavli, Shashimish Shnei Gedoli Hadar. He learned by the two Gedoli Hadar, Shmai Abav Talion. V'yodea, in Pesach Dochas HaShabbos in love. So they told Bnei Beseira, right, the sons of Beseira, these three great Rabbanim, go ask Hillel the Babylonian. He'll answer the question. Karulo. So they called Hillel. Amrulo. They said to him, Klumate Yodea, in Pesach Dochas HaShabbos in love. Hillel. Do you know, is Pesach Docha Shabbos? Right? If, right? Erev Pesach falls out, can we offer up to Karman Pesach on Shabbos? Amr Lohem. V'chi Pesach echad yesh lanu? So Hillel says, what? Do you think there's only one Karman Pesach? Yesh lanu b'shana? Shadokha esha Shabbos? V'alo harbe yosem imasayim p'sachim yesh lanu b'shana shadokha esha Shabbos. Hillel said, you think there's only one Karman Pesach that is Docha Shabbos? There's more than 200 p'sachim there are Dochel Shabbos. Now, Bosai, what Hillel was referring to was like this. Karban Pesach is not the only Karban that's Dochel Shabbos. In fact, every Shabbos, we offer up four Karbanos. We offer up two Tamidin, two Musafin. Right? That's over 400 Karbanos a year that are offered up on Shabbos, not counting what happens on Yom Tiv. So Hillel says... You're looking at this the wrong way. You're wondering, is Karban Pesach Docha Shabbos? We have many communal Karbanos that are Docha Shabbos. Amrulo, minayim lecha. So they said to Hillel, Hillel, how do you know this? Amrulo, hem ne'emar mo'adobe Pesach, ve'ne'emar mo'adobe Tamid. 
Silo says, it's it says Moado in its appointed time by Pesach. Pesach was offered in its appointed time. And it says Moado by the carbon Tamid, the daily communal offering. Ma Moado Ha'amr B'Tamid Doches HaShabbos. Af Moado Amr B'Pesach Doches HaShabbos. Oh, Hillel says, it's Exerishava. Moado Moado. Says Moado by Tamid. It says Moado by Pesach. Just like by Tamid, everyone agrees that you offer up the carbon Tamid on Shabbos. So too by Pesach. You will offer up the you will offer up the Pesach even on Shabbos. Vaod kavachomerhu. Furthermore, Hillel says, and if you don't like the gzera shava, it's also a kavachomer. What's the kavachomer? Uma tamid shein anush karis doches on Shabbos. So if tamid abos, remember again, failure to bring the tamid does not result in karis. Yet ultimately, the tamid is doches Shabbos. Pesach she'anush kares eno din she'doches ha'shabbos. The rabbi said they come a Pesach, which does carry with it a penalty of kares for failure of non-performance. Certainly should be doches ha'shabbos. The rabbi says the Hillel advanced two arguments. Number one, the gzera shava of moado moado from Pesach to Tamid, just like Tamid is doches ha'shabbos, Pesach is doches ha'shabbos. And number two, kavachomer. If carbon Tamid, which does not carry a penalty of kares, ultimately again can be offered up on Shabbos, then certainly Pesach. Whose failure, failure to perform, does result in kares is docha shabbos. So I'll say what happened. Miad hoshivuhu barosh uminuhu nasi alehem. But I'll say in that moment, in that moment, bnei b'seira abdicated their position of the nesius and gave it over to Hillel. So I'll say I just want to point out the story is amazing. The story is amazing on two levels. First of all, first of all, the meteoric rise of Hillel, literally again coming. Right, penniless, penniless, and also remember, only really beginning his real formal education when he came to Israel, learned other Shlain of Talion, which was also quite amazing. So a, a, a later start, coming from nothing and becoming and becoming and becoming the Nasi, and I will say the incredible humility of Bnei Besera. Right, this is also an incredible an incredible story in humility. How Bnei Besera realizing that Hila was a greater Talmud Chacham than they were yielding the position of power, yielding the position of the Nesios, and giving it to Hillel. So what happened? So Hillel then started, first day on the job, he starts giving a shir, Hilchos Pesach. But I will say, watch this. But then he began to give B'nai B'seira Musr. Musr. And he said to them, Amr lahem, how is it? How did it become that I, who came from Bavel, became the Nasi over you, the Tamidicham of Eretz Yisrael? Remember again, this is also very startling because remember, at this point in time, at this point in time, Eretz Yisrael was still the center of Torah. So the notion that a Babylonian Jew, that a Babylonian Jew, had become ultimately again the uh, the Nasi. I will say it's like, can you imagine? That uh, that you have an American rabbi becomes the chief rabbi of Israel. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, it just. It's not. It's not. Not correct. I think the fan is on. Is that what you're going to look at? Yeah, I think the fan is on. So, so the, so the, so the, so the, so the so Hillel says, "Do you want to know what happened? Do you want to know what happened? That I came from Bavel and became the Nasi over all the rabbanim of Eretz Yisrael." So the Gemara says, "Atz lo shahi sabachem." Because you, you, Rabbanim of Eretz Yisrael, you're lazy. You're lazy. 
you did not properly serve Shmai Naftal. Let's remember again, Shmai Naftal were the Gedoli Hadar. So Hillel said, Hillel said, you did not go ahead and properly learn by, you remember, we'll say, Shimosh Tamidi This is incredibly important. So what Hillel was giving them, Musr, you know, when it comes to having a Rebbe, there are two parts to having a Rebbe. Number one is learning his Torah. When it says, I have a Rebbe, I have, I need to have someone from whom I learn his Torah. Said, then there's also the concept of Shimush Tamidi Chachamim, which just means spending time by your Rebbe. And when you spend time by your Rebbe, you, you learn things, not just what, what he says over in Ashir, but ultimately, again, conduct, approach, again, for let's say the methodology of Psak. So Hillel's not saying they didn't learn by Shema Natan. They may have learned. But if you look at his Lush and he says, Shaloshimashtem, Shnei Gidoli Hador Shmai Baftalion. You may have come to the Shi'ur Mashmaya but you are not You didn't spend time with the Gidoli Hador. You didn't stay by them. You didn't learn you learned their Torah, but you didn't learn from them. The, the fact that I learned from them, not just the Torah, but spent time with them, served them. That's what contributed to my rise over you. Amrulo. So, so fine. So good. So he gives a shir. He gives musar. It's a good day. So Amrulo. They said to Hillel, Rabbi, shachach v'lo hevi sakim erev Shabbos ma'u. So we'll say now watch this. So now Hillel gets his first, ja, his first shayla as the nasi, right? So the first shayla he got so was, was the catalyst for his rise. Now he's the nasi. He gets his first shayla. Rabbi. What happens if somebody forgot to bring the knife for Shechita on Erev Shabbos? Right? Let's see. So, so again, now, same case. It's Erev Pesach, which is Shabbos. So in an ideal world, you will have brought your knife to the base HaMikdash prior to Shabbos. Right? Bring your knife there. Right? What happens if somebody forgot to bring their knife before Shabbos? What can you do on Shabbos? Hillel says, Amr Lahen, first wide line of Osei Samech Vav Amr Lahen, Halacha Shamati, V'shachachti. Hillel said, you know, I, I know I learned this, but I can't remember the halacha. Rabbi watch this. Ela, hanach But I have a good idea. Rabbi this is startling. I have a good idea. Leave the Jewish people alone. Which that just literally means, leave them. Im ein neviyim heim, If they themselves are not prophets, they are the children of prophets. So Hillel was saying, look, let's see what the people themselves do tomorrow. This was obviously a situation where Erev Pesach fell out on Shabbos. So let's see exactly how the people conduct themselves. I'm say, watch this. Lamachar, Misha Pischo Tala Tochvo B'Tzamro, Misha Pischo Gidi Tochvo Ben Karnov. So let's see what happened. The next day, he also saw something very interesting. If somebody was bringing a sheep for Karban Pesach, they tucked the knife into the wall. And if somebody was bringing a goat, because a goat doesn't have thick wool like a sheep, they put the knife in between the horns of the goat. Hillel saw this, Ra'a Maisa Veniska Halacha. Hillel saw this and he remembered, Ah, that's the Halacha. This is in fact what Shemayin of Talion taught me as well. That if you forgot to bring your knife before Shabbos to the Beis HaMikdash, you could tuck the knife in the wool of the sheep, or you could tuck the knife in between the horns of the goat. So we'll say, an incredible story. Now let's analyze it a little bit. Amar Mar, 
Remember again, Hillel advanced two arguments or two answers to the question. One was Xer Shava, one was a Kavachomer. The first Xer Shava was Moado Moado. It says in its appointed time Moado by Karbat Tamid, and it says Moado ultimately by Karbat Pesach. Just like Tamid is Docha Shabbos, so too Pesach is Docha Shabbos. The Tamid Gufei Minavan the Docha Shabbos, but by Tamid itself, how do we know? I know you're telling me the word Moado, but how do I know that Moado means that Tamid is Docha Shabbos? If you want to say this is Mamish, what's being learned out from the word Moado? Pesach Nami Haksiv Be Moado, but by Pesach it also says Moado. Ella Moado Lo Mashmale. It must be, the word mo'ado by itself is not enough to teach me this halacha. So where is it learned from? El Amar Kra, Olas Shabbos Bishabaso, Al Olas Hatamit. So because it says, Olas Shabbos Bishabaso, the carbon is offered up, Shabbos Bishabaso, Mechlal, the Tamid Kerva Bishabbos. So I'll say, that's interestingly enough, it's from the phrase, Olas Shabbos Bishabaso, that I learn that a tamid is offered up on Shabbos. And once I learn that a tamid is offered up by Shabbos, then the Gzeda Shava of Moado Moado could teach me that just as tamid is offered up on Shabbos, so too Karan Pesach is offered up on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Amar Mar, old Kavachomer, so we'll say, but remember, Hillel then said, it's also a Kavachomer. What's the Kavachomer? If Tamid, which doesn't carry a penalty of Kares, is performed on Shabbos, all the more so Pesach, which does carry a penalty of Kares, is performed on Shabbos as well. I, but equal Mifrach, there's a Pircha. I could ask a Kasha on the Kavachomer. What's the Kasha? Ma'le Tamid, Shekin Tadir, Vekalio. And both say Tamid is different. Why? Number one, it's Tadir. It occurs every day. Number two, it's an Ola fully consumed on the Mizbeach. That's not like Pesach. Pesach is only performed once a year. Maybe a guy will go to Pesach Shin maybe twice a year. But Lamaisa, and it's not Kalil. It's not fully burnt on the Mizbeach. Amr Luhu, Bereisha, Amr Luhu, Amr Amr Luhu, Shava. So first Hillel said the Kavachomer. And then they brought up the cash on the Kavachomer. Then Hillel said, the, then Hillel said the Gzir Shava. So the Gemara says, V'chimi achad the Gemara Gzir Shava, Kavachomer Lamali. So I will say, but I don't understand why does Hillel need both a Gzir Shava and a Kavachomer? If once you're nervous, we'll say, all the more so, once you're going to tell me there's a cash on the Kavachomer. So I will say, to which the Gemara says, Ela ledidau ka'amr lehu, bishlama Gzir Shava lo gamiraso. Because Hillel said like this. Hillel said, is there seen a Kavachomer and a Gzir Shava? Gzir Shava, you can only darshan if you have a Mesora from your Rebbe. You must have a tradition from your Rebbe regarding the Gzir Shava. You can't just, you can't just make up your own Gzir Shavas. That's different than a Kavachomer. A Kavachomer, I will say, is a logical argument. A person has the ability to espouse their own logical argument. It doesn't mean it's correct just because you espouse it. So Hillel says, listen, B'nai B'Seira, maybe you don't agree with my Gzir Shava of Moado Moado, because maybe you don't have a Misora, but at least you should agree with my Kalvachomer. Right, my Kalvachomer. If Tamid, which doesn't have a punishment of Karis, is offered up on Shabbos, then all the more so Pesach, which does have a punishment of Karis, is offered up on Shabbos. And what happened? Amrlei, Kavachomer Pirchu. And they said back to Hillel, by the way, the Kavachomer is not absolute because it's a Pirchu. There's a Kasha. What's the Kasha on? 
on the Tamid. Number one, that the Tamid is Tadir to curse frequently. Number two, it's fully consumed in the Mizbeach. That's different than Karba Beisach. Fine. Say for say, Hillel's argument really though is comprised of both Gzir Shava and the Kabahomer. Gzir Shava of Moado Moado between Pesach and Tamid and Kabahomer between Pesach and Tamid as well. Amr, so Amr Mar, Lamachar, Misha Pischu Talo Tochev Lo Bitzamro, Gedi Tochev Lo Tochev Lo Bain Karnav. So we'll say, remember again, the next shot they asked Hillel was, what happens if you forget to bring your knife to the Beis HaMikdash? So what comes out from that story is, if you forget to bring your knife, on before Shabbos, you could tuck the knife in the wool of the sheep or between the horns of the goat. Amud Beis. I v'haka avid avoda b'kadshim. Rabbi say, isn't there a problem with that? The act of tucking the knife in the, wheel, in the wool or putting it between the horns, is that not an act of working a sacrificial animal? Or is the sacrificial animal now is carrying the knife? Is that not a form of labor? And I both say, you are not permitted to go ahead and work a sacrificial animal. To which the Yomar, it reflects the view of Hillel. Both the view of Hillel. Both say, this is incredible. Both listen to this. In all the days of Hillel, no one ever committed an act of mi'ilah. I must remember again, mi'ilah means mundane use of sacrificial items. How can they not, how did they not commit mi'ilah? Both listen to this. Ella, mevi'a chudun la'azara u'makdisha v'somech yadu alav v'shochta. So both say, listen to this. Hillel came up with a fascinating approach. Hillel said, when you bring a carbon, do not consecrate that carbon, do not consecrate the animal, until you arrive in the base of Mitzvah. Shavuot say, such a great chap. Shavuot say, when does Mi'ilah come about? Mi'ilah comes about when you go ahead and you consecrate that animal while it's still in your house. That's when now there's a concern that what's going to happen? You know, you're going to end up going ahead and, and utilizing it for something mundane in the interim. Shavuot had a great chap. What was his chap? Don't consecrate the animal until you arrive in the Beis HaMikdash. This way you avoid any issues of Me'ilah. So the Gemara says, I, but Shabbos, you permitted to go ahead and consecrate an animal on Shabbos. When Pesach falls out on Shabbos, are you permitted to go ahead and consecrate an animal? But now we learned, Ein Makdishin, Vein Marichin, Vein Machrimin, Vein Magbi and Shuma Umaistras, Kalilabiam Tabamru, Kavachomer Bishabis. So I will say, but one second, we, the, right, the Mishnah teaches me, without going through the whole list over here, you are not permitted to go out and consecrate an animal. And I will say, why can't you consecrate an animal on Shabbos? Because remember, the act of consecrating an animal changes its status. Anytime you change the status of something on Shabbos that has the appearance of doing something transactional in nature. And anytime you do something transactional in nature, the concern is it has the appearance of a business dealing. That's why you can't do these things on Shabbos. You can't go ahead and you know, pledge the value of something on Shabbos. Or you can't go out and make something a chirim on Shabbos. You can't say without chumas and maestros. These all have the appearance of transactional items. So you're not really permitted to consecrate an animal. So, say, so remember, Hillel's chap was, listen, when you're tucking the knife into the wool, you haven't consecrated the animal as a Pesach yet. If you haven't consecrated the animal, wonderful. So therefore, when the animal is carrying the knife embedded in its wool, it's not ni'ilah. It's not ni'ilah, because the animal's not consecrated. Let the animal bring the knife to the base of Megdosh. When the animal arrives at the base of Megdosh, that's when you'll consecrate the animal. But can you do that? When Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos, you can't consecrate an animal on Shabbos. 
To which the Gemara says, you're right. But Hanini Bechovos, Shin Kavolam Zman. We'll say, when is this so that you can't consecrate an animal on Shabbos? This is only with obligatory animals that ultimately, again, do not have a set time. But when the obligatory carbon in question has a set time, you are permitted to go ahead and consecrate that on Shabbos as well. Look at Rashi. Chovos hakavolam zman, lebobayom, shapir dami, dahoyol vineshchatenayom, yacholak dishnayom. So any animal which you have the right to slaughter that day, you also have the right to consecrate that day. Dom Rabbi Yochanan, Maktish Adam has Pischal, Bishabis, Bechagigasa, Biyamtu. Ultimately, again, a person is permitted to go ahead and consecrate his carbon Pesach on that day. Sefer it would appear that what Hillel was suggesting was as follows. If you forgot to bring your knife on Shabbos, right, on Shabbos era Pesach, what you essentially do is as follows. The practice was they weren't consecrating the carbon Pesach anyway until when? Until when? Until they got to the base Hamikdash. So therefore, what? Tuck the tuck the knife into the wall if it's a sheep, or between or between its horns if it's a goat. That way, again, the animal will transport. You don't have to carry the knife. The animal will transport the knife. It's not called meila. It's not called use or working a sacrificial animal. Why? Why? Because the animal is not consecrated yet. It doesn't mean I'm consecrated until when? Until you arrive in the base Hamikdash. By the time you arrive in the base Hamikdash, good news is what? The knife is already there. But isn't there a Shabbos problem? Isn't this leading a laden animal? In other words, you can't put a load on your animal on Shabbos. That's the Malach of Mechamer. So the Gemara says, Mechamer kila achar yad. You're right, I'm sorry. Valo Mechamer. Mechamer kila achar yad. Ay, Mechamer kila achar yad. Nami, nihi deus daraisa leka. So I'll say, so Zagimar answers, well, it's not a normative form of leading a laden animal. In other words, people don't normally transport stuff like this. First of all, we'll say generally, sheep and goats are not beasts of burden. So therefore, people don't normally put stuff on top of their sheep, on top of their goats. And the act of putting the knife in the wool or between the horns is a non-normative act. To which the Gemara says, that's fine that it's non-normative. So non-normative says it's not an Isidar Isa, but it should still be an Isidar Abanon. To which the Gemara says, So we'll say, this was the very Shaila they were asking Hillel. We'll say, this was the Shaila. This was the Shaila. Let's assume for a moment that it's not an issue of working a sacrificial animal because we're not sanctifying, we're actually not consecrating the animal until it gets to the Beis HaMikdash. The Shaila was a Hilcho Shabbos question. Are you permitted to transport an item through an animal on Shabbos for the purpose of a mitzvah when it involves transgressing in Isir Dirabanan or not? That, that was the Shaila. Putting the animal, in, put, sorry, putting the knife in the wall of the sheep or between the horns of the goat, will be an Isir Dirabanon on Shabbos. Are you permitted to transgress an Isir Dirabanon for the sake of the mitzvah of Karban Pesach? That was the Shaila. To which Hillel said, To which Hillel said, I know I learned this. I can't remember the halacha. But let's see what the Jewish people do tomorrow. Shabbos say, it's an incredible story. But now, there's a secondary follow-up from the story. So the Gemara says, Amar lahem, Amar Avihud Amar Av, 
Kalam is siyaher, when a person becomes arrogant, when a person becomes arrogant, im chacham hu, if he's a Talmud Chacham, so his wisdom leaves him. If he's a prophet, or if she's a prophet, as we'll see, their prophecy leaves them. So this is an incredible idea. The, 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 the destructive nature of Gaiva. So if a person becomes a Balgaiva, a person becomes arrogant, they can be incredibly wise, but they lose their wisdom. They can be prophetic in nature, but they lose their prophecy. Even if a person is wise, they lose their wisdom. Where do we learn this from? Mehillel. We'll say from Hillel. Where do we see the Amr Mar? Because remember, we'll say, after Hillel was appointed Nasi, he begins to give Musr to B'nai B'Seira. And apparently, again, the Gemara feels the Musr that he gave was given over in a little bit of an arrogant way. An arrogant way. Remember, the confluence of events is quite dramatic. Because what happens, right? B'nai B'Seira don't know the Halacha about Erev Pesach and Shabbos. Hillel knows the halacha. And then what happens right afterwards? They ask him a shayla, right? They ask about the knife on Shabbos. And what happens? Hillel says, I don't know. So how does that happen? How does that happen? Hillel says, I don't know. Because Hillel acted with a little bit of gaiva. Hillel acted with arrogance. And when you act with arrogance, you forget your wisdom. From where do we know that even if you're a prophet, if you act with arrogance, you forget your prophecy? Interesting enough, from Devorah. From Devorah the Neviah, what happened? Dechsev chidlu parazon bi Yisrael, chidlu ashakamti Devorah, ashakamti Devorah, shakamti bi Yisrael. So literally, Devorah was saying, the Jewish people stopped living in the open cities until I, Devorah, came along. So Devorah, so Devorah took credit, full credit for the safety and security of the Jewish people, without recognizing that yes, she was a major, she was a major player in it, but it was also because of Barak and others. That Jewish safety was that Jewish safety was acquired. So she took all the credit. Uri Uri Devora, Uri Uri Then it says, Awaken, awaken Devora, which means that she, she lost her prophetic power. She had to say, reawaken the power of prophecy. So once again you see Devora acted in an arrogant fashion, therefore she lost her prophecy. So I will say when you act in an when you act in an arrogant fashion, ultimately again, if you're wise, you could lose your wisdom. And even if you are a prophet, you could lose your power of prophecy. Reish Lakesh Amar, Kol Adam Shekoi, similarly again, if a person gets angry, Im Chacham Hu, Even if a person is wise, they lose their wisdom. We'll say an incredible, an incredible. So Gaiva, Gaiva and arrogance are very much two sides of the same coin. Right? Because when a person gets angry, often they get angry when things don't go their way. Well, that presupposes that things are supposed to go your way. Who says that things are supposed to go your way, follow your plan? That's a manifestation of arrogance. So therefore, again, that's why the Chazal will often discuss arrogance and anger in the same breath. So called Adam Shekhoes, if a person gets angry, if he's wise, even if he's very wise, his wisdom leaves him. Even if he's a prophet, his prophecy leaves him. If he's wise, his wisdom leaves him. Where do we know this? We learned this out from Moshe Rabbeinu. The Pasik says that Moshe Rabbeinu got upset at the soldiers. We both say this is by the war with Midian. Right? Remember again, this is after the story of Pinchas. 
So Klal Yisrael goes to war against Midyan. The obligation was to go ahead and wipe out all of the Midyanim. But they had, they had spared some of the lives of the Midianite women. Moshe Rabbeinu got very upset. He got very angry. And what happens? Remember, this section is where we learn the halachos of Hechsher Kalim. Because remember, so what they had taken from Midian were utensils. And ultimately, the Torah teaches us about the fact that if you acquire utensils from a Gentile, you must kasher those utensils because of their non-kosher absorptions. The Gemara points out it's interesting to note that it was Elazar, the Kohen, who taught Klal Yisrael these halachas. Why was it Elazar and not Moshe? Mechlal de Moshe i'alemine. Because it was said, because Moshe got angry, because he got angry, these halachas were hidden from him. So we'll say, so you see from here that when you get angry, even if you normally possess an incredible amount of wisdom, that wisdom evaporates. In Navihu, Mistalekes Mimeno Me Elisha. All right, we'll, see, you know, we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up Emirat Hashem with the Navua piece, Emirat Hashem tomorrow. Shkara Chavosai.